Welcome back to The Digital Dive, a conversation about tech. My name is Jacqueline, and I'm one of your hosts for the first episode of this new year. And my name is Darsh. I am your other host. And this week, we have a jam-packed episode, guys. We've been out for two weeks from content, so we are so excited to share this with you. First and foremost, we're going to be talking about some tech trends that we expect for 2022, some things that we'd like to see, some things that we think we're going to see, so on and so forth. We're also going to talk a little bit more about Google and their plans to build an ecosystem to rival that of Apple's. We're also going to take a first look at the OnePlus 10, as well as the Samsung Galaxy S21 FE or Fan Edition. Tons of stuff coming on this week, guys. If you like what you heard this episode, make sure to hit the follow button on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It makes it so you get notified of every episode, and it also helps us in like the podcasting algorithm. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And let's roll the intro. Okay, so Jacqueline. I would like to ask you, beginning of 2022, our first episode back, what are some tech trends that you kind of want to see this year? Not even that you expect, just like you would like to see in the tech space. Ooh, good question. Okay. Tech trends that I want to see. I want to see in-person events make a return for maybe the second half of this year, depending on how the pandemic goes. I would love to see like an in-person unpacked. I'm really missing it. Obviously, it's been going on a little bit at CES, but most people canceled because go to CES right now just... It's not the best idea, I think, with the new variant, but seeing the like photos of the events there has made me like just really nostalgic for that time. So I really am hoping that we get to do some of that this year. That's awesome. Honestly, I am honestly, I hope for in-person events, even though I'm probably not going to get invited to too many of them, but I would love to go to one or two if they do end up happening. LG usually hosts some pretty cool ones downtown Toronto. So LG, if you, if you guys want to do an in-person event, like I'll make the trip. I don't mind. Dude, now that they're now that they're out of the smartphone industry, I don't even know what types of events they would host. Well, they host laptop ev- events. Like oh, the okay. LG Gram series is a very, very popular laptop series as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought out tablets or something foldable. I feel like LG would be at the forefront of doing something foldable, especially now with how everything's going. So I actually would want to say for my tech trend that I want to see this year, I want to see more foldables coming from more mainstream manufacturers outside of companies like Xiaomi or outside of Samsung. I want to just see other companies give it a go and see what else we can see. That's great. Yeah. I mean, do you think, speaking about trends this year, do you think that foldable tech is going to continue to be a major trend? And do you think any other manufacturer is going to kind of get into the space? Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a new manufacturer just because the barriers to entry as a whole into like the ecosystem or into just generally the industry of like mobile devices is very, very high. Because for one, you're going to need a ton of manufacturers and suppliers to figure out how to build this phone in the first place, right? So there's more to do there. And especially if it's just a random company with a one-off like foldable phone, like wouldn't necessarily want to trust it as much as like someone like, let's say HTC came back with a foldable, I would trust them more than a new brand, if that makes sense. Like I want to, I want to see like a pre-existing company in this space, like OnePlus, for example, if OnePlus came out with a foldable phablet, tablet type phone deal, I would be over the moon. I would be so excited for that. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get to it a little later in the episode, but OnePlus just kind of like teased their OnePlus 10, which is like kind of their flagship phone. But I would absolutely mm-hmm. love if they also came out with something super unconventional. I think that they're a company that's been getting a lot of flack this year for kind of maybe straying a little bit away from their roots of like being a really nice budget phone. They're now much more on like the premium end. And so when I think of trends that are going to happen this year, I think that's going to continue in terms of, I think we're going to see, it's kind of just a cycle of tech companies where a new person or a new company comes into the scene, they're super hungry. And in order to get market and get attention, they have to come in with like an insane value proposition of some sort. And then they get popular, they get this fan base. And over time, they become like the legacy media or the legacy companies where they're 
products are not as innovative, they're more expensive. And that's kind of just like the the life cycle of a brand. So OnePlus is definitely on that further end. And I would really just love to see another company come in and be like the new OnePlus. I don't know if we're going to see it because the market has matured so much since they came on the scene in like 2015, 2016. But I hope that we do. Honestly, yeah. Like I, I would be very, very excited to see someone else come in this space and do it. But I don't know necessarily if I will, but Jack, what are your thoughts on like rollable phones? Because that's another one that I want to see this year. It's like, I would count it outside the space of folding, but I would put it in its own, in in its own realm, just because I feel like rollable is a bit different. But what are your thoughts on like a rollable device? I love rollable. I think it's such a cool idea. I think that it makes a lot of sense, even more so than foldable. I think it's just a cooler form factor. That said, I don't think it's going to be super popular this year. I think Samsung is really ingrained in the foldable. So I think we'll see more foldables from them. There was a potential for a pixel foldable. I think we could see that. Rollable from a technology standpoint, I think is harder to make. But I think that the wow factor of it is like, much more substantial. And so I know that LG was kind of toying with the idea, but now they're out of the smartphone industry. I hope that there's another company that pursues that. I think with foldables, it's cool, but the tech, there's a lot of compromises that we've talked about on the podcast. And I think foldables could have some of that too, but it feels like to a lesser degree because there would be not as much of a hinge on the back. It would be just rolling out. Yeah. So like when I think of a rollable phone, I've actually brought up this reference a lot just because I really, really want to see this come into fruition, but it was pretty much like a cylinder that had a screen that came out of the side of it. And it was like, it was kind of like a projector almost how it unrolled. And it was more so meant for like a tablet. And I saw Samsung present this years ago as a concept idea. And I just want to see it come into life. I want to see it in real life. I want to hold it in my hands and I want to play with it. And I don't know why I just I feel like it could be such a big win. Like I love my tab. I love using my iPad. Like I love using my tablet. I think having a tablet is so beneficial and so useful, but sometimes it's just so hard to carry with you. But imagine just like putting a little stick in your back pocket and walking out into like the middle of like the street. And you're like, Oh, like I wanted to check something real quick. This has 5g LTE, whatever, the, whatever you want to say, whatever it has on it. Right. Yeah. Has whatever connectivity pull out in the middle of the street and start mapping your directions in a full screen or start reading an article at a coffee shop with just a small little pen that you pull out of your pocket that rolls into like a, like into a tablet. Like that's the idea of what I would like to see. Like that's where I want tech to go. Agreed. Yeah. So what other trends outside of technology or outside of smartphones do you think we could see? Because smartphones are obviously a big thing, but there's also a lot of other stuff in this space. Oh yeah. I think AI is going to be a big one this year. I think AI is going to, it's like exponential in terms of how much of a buzzword it is. The more we bring it up and the more that we talk about it, which is a freak ton, we talk about so much. I think that AI is going to be a big one and as well as AR and VR. Because especially with the metaverse coming into play now and like it becoming more more of a buzzword, more and more, it's capturing more and more audience attention. Like AI, AR, and VR are all three things that are going to come huge into this year. Yeah, I'm actually worried about this whole metaverse thing. The, the techie in me is excited about it, but I think I think you were the one that said this. And tell me if I'm mischaracterizing it. But you did you say that Ready Player One was a dystopian novel and why are we trying to be like that? Was that you? Yeah. Okay. I've said that. Yeah. Like, I just don't get it. Like everyone's like, oh my God. Like I was just watching an interview with this guy named Jason Oppenheim. He's like real estate genius from the show Selling Sunset on Netflix. He was on Graham Stephan's YouTube channel and he's like a really successful guy. And he was saying that he thinks 20 years from now, most of our life is going to be in the metaverse. He was like, yeah, just like Ready Player One. Like you're going to stay at home and most of your life you'll be tapped in with like a contact yeah. lens. That scares the crap out of me. Like nothing about that sounds exciting to me at all. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. It's also a matter of like seeing AI and VR, right? Go to say AR and VR go together. But then on top of all of that, it's something like Neuralink that like Elon's working on that would kind of help make that even more so immersive. Like in an episode of Black Mirror, 
which is literally a show about showing how technology can like lead to dystopic universes or like really bad situations for us as humankind. So there was one about like like a metaverse almost, and this guy he played video games. It was almost like it almost looked like Mortal Kombat online, and he'd be playing with someone else, and his avatar was a woman, and the guy's avatar was a male, and they literally were engaging in intercourse in the game and were fully feeling everything because of neural because of the neural link connectivity of it. Like it's scary to think like we're going to a point where our feelings, how we feel, whether it be physical or, or just emotional, can be influenced and can be manipulated by tech. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I'm scared about. That scares me too. I think living in a metaverse could be interesting as long as there's like limits to it. Like okay, like maybe this event is in the metaverse or this this thing is here. But it, nothing can fully shape and change like nothing can fully shape it and change it to be more and more like real life experiences unless we have a neural link connection like that where we feel what's going on in these games like you're playing a fighting game and you're feeling like you got shot but you didn't yes that's what freaks me out that's when it becomes a bit of a concern because then you're like okay well this got real and got real way too quick yeah because then it's like then the difference between your in real life interaction and online is like nothing right if you have all the same emotions the same sensations like then what's the point in leaving your house but we're not programmed that way as humans like we we actually need this in-person interaction and our like the technology is evolving so much faster than our brains are and so that that's definitely what scares me about it and i also like in terms of from like a human population level like if people are meeting each other less will be like less babies and less kids i don't know the whole thing like gets me there's a lot to be excited about with it too but i just feel like think about how bad social media is for our brain. And that's like on a tiny screen on our phone. This would be- Like imagine living in it. Yeah, you'd be living in it. Like that, that's just so scary to think about. And it's so crazy that like, there are so many people that are like huge proponents of it, but not without realizing like how, how bad it could be. No, literally it's absurd. Like I, I don't know where it's going to head. And it's a trend that I'm not necessarily super excited for, but I think that we're going to see a lot of it this year. And I don't know, it's going to be a really weird one. And- before going even further down a rabbit hole where we're just going to end up talking about all of our scare, like how scared we are for it. <laughs> I, I do want to switch into like my last tech trend for this year that I'm excited for. And I feel like this huge one's going to be ecosystems within different companies. Like we noticed Samsung was doing it all of last year. Apple has created such an intense ecosystem with their devices that it's pretty much close to unrivaled at this point. Even Samsung is lacking. And the only one I feel like the only company I feel like will be able to genuinely do this in such an effective manner is going to be Google. And funny enough, there was an article from The Verge that came out talking about how Google does plan on bringing an ecosystem to rival Apple. And it's from all these different features that have been released and unveiled at CES this year. So Jack, I'm like, what are your thoughts? I haven't read the article yet. So maybe what could be good is like, maybe you could like summarize the article for everyone, but then also for me, and then we could talk about it. So yeah, for sure. I can definitely do a breakdown. First and foremost, there are going to be 13 different new software features at CES that have just been unveiled, ranging from things like an AirPod-like fast switching within Android and Chromebook and like Chrome OS. It's overall part of an initiative that Google's calling better together. It's pretty much a more catchy version or like a little bit more of a motto of what they would call like catching up to Apple's ecosystem effectively. Like that's what they want. The biggest updates that have come out is Google's FastPair framework, which is pretty much like you'd probably imagine the same as Apple has when it comes to pairing any of the devices with any of Apple devices with another Apple device. So whether it be AirPods with an iPad or an Apple Watch with a phone, 
either or. So that kind of integration and switcher, faster switching between devices and faster pairing for like Android TV, Google TV and stuff like that. We're also looking at like looking at smartwatches. So enabling Wear OS 3 watches to unlock paired Android phones or Chromebooks the same way that an Apple watch does. Like this is very much like they're going to try to fight Apple. These features are, are all being planned to arrive later this year. And we're going to be seeing them across pretty much every Google OS-based device. So Chromebooks, Android TV, Bluetooth headphones, some Windows laptops, and some other ones that we're going to be seeing as well. Like we'll be seeing nearby share features that are like working with Windows PCs. So same as iOS. We're also going to be looking at like connectivity in terms of like cars and Android car OS. So for example, unlock remotely from your Volvo or your BMW. Android Auto plans on partnering with BMW, Volvo, and a couple other companies to have their systems work with Android Auto to do remote start from like different devices. And you guys know how much of a Google Nest slash Google Assistant fiend I am. So Google Assistant in this situation could technically like start your car for you, which would be really cool. Like, hey, like I just tell Google I'm leaving the house and just starts my car for me and has it warmed up by the time I get there. Like that's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, those are pretty much like the cool features, the big features that they announced. And yeah, so Jacqueline, thoughts on the ecosystem? Yeah, so I think Google's a really interesting company because they are really unique in the sense that they develop Android, which is used by Samsung and all the other major phone manufacturers. It is an iPhone, but then they also produce their own device and they have their own hardware products, whether it be Pixel or Pixel Buds. And so they're kind of in this unique position where they have to make their own devices unique so people buy them, but they also don't want to like lower Android's ability on other smartphones. And so when I think about like what they could do, it's ecosystem, right? Because Android will be amazing no matter what device you're on or as amazing as it's going to be on the Pixel, aside from obviously like certain specific Pixel features like camera optimization. But the main differentiator will be how it interacts with other Google devices. Like the Google Pixel Buds work really well with the Pixel, even though they also work well with other Android devices. There's like specific things with the Pixel. But it's a tough thing to do because their main money driver is advertising. And so they have all these other side projects, but the Pixel has never gotten the same attention that I think it needs to get to become a major player in the market more so than it is. And so I think ecosystem could be part of it. But then I also think another big part of it is just going to be getting like the word, like the word out, like advertising a lot better and more than they're doing right now. Honestly, that's fair. Yeah. Like it's going to be more of a, it's, it's going to be a, a long road, I guess, for Google to fully like kind of encompass everyone into this ecosystem. But I think that Google has a better shot of doing it than anyone else. Like Samsung is doing great at it, but because Google's like building hardware and software right now, for the most part, I think they'll be able to do a lot more than people think. Because still like Samsung is still very much Android. It is not its own OS. Google is making its OS now so that it's so much more I guess, open to working with other devices and working with its other devices better. So I feel like Google, if they're, a- like, if they're able to do more of these software updates throughout the next coming year or so, it will not only build their ecosystem, but also help Samsung and all the other companies trying to build their ecosystems because they can all rely then on Google's uh, ecosystem to work within theirs or just to use Google's. So like, that's why like, I have a lot of faith in it, but I guess we're going only- to see in the coming months. Like, There's no way to know for sure now how this is going to play out. Agreed. And the other, I think that that's a a brilliant point because you're right. Google is like the only one that could possibly compete with Apple because every other company is at the mercy of what Google is doing in terms of Android, whereas they now are not only controlling the hardware, but the software obviously with Android and their processor with Tensor. So they are in a really unique position where they could like 10X their market share, even more so than a Samsung, which is 
dependent on Google. Like Google can decide, hey, we want this feature on mm -hmm. our phone, and then they just do it. Whereas Samsung is a lot more beholden to them with Android, which is even a more interesting dynamic to explore. Like why Samsung is still using Android, I think is interesting. Like they kind of had no choice, exactly. but it limits them to a certain extent. And I, I actually just saw an article this week that was talking about also Samsung trying to go against Apple. And it was, um, but it was called like the tiger strategy. And it was saying like all the things that they need to do in order to kind of compete with Apple this year, because it seems like that's like what they want to do. Like they want to get more market dominance, create this ecosystem as well. Like the ecosystem is kind of going to be a really big thing for all manufacturers. I'm going to send you this article right now, Darsh, just so you can see it. But it was pretty interesting. Like Apple is kind of the company and it's mainly because, well, it's a lot of different things. It's like their conviction to making the best experience for customers. It's their ability to kind of like get the hardware and the software and make it exactly how they want. And then it's also their ecosystem. And I think the easiest thing for a company to do like Apple is obviously their advertising if they have a lot of money to throw at it. But then the product needs to be really good. Like AirPods alone are were like a life-changing thing for the ecosystem. And so I wonder if there will be another product like that for Google or Samsung that Apple hasn't come up with yet that will kind of change the industry. Well, I hope so, because at this point, I'm getting tired of all the cool innovations coming from Apple. I definitely want to see Google try to kind of create a new, not niche, but a new a new style, a new type of device that helps us in some way. But I feel like mostly everything's done. The only thing I could see Google doing and trying to beat Apple to the punch for would be either automotive, so building their own car, or two, a set of AR and VR glasses, which I feel like Google could do Google Glass 2.0 and have like a huge set of upgrades for it. And that works so much better than anything we've seen because they already have that infrastructure built out, right? So they just go repurpose it and reinvest into it. I think they could build the new features or new um, devices like that, but I don't know necessarily how they'll come out with something or what they'll come out with in any specific space. Yeah, and they also have the the advantage of literally like owning one of the biggest advertising agencies, right? Like Google ads are huge I mean, they can get a ton of market information. Like the only company that could come close to Google in terms of that is Facebook. And that's why I think they're so invested in the metaverse and trying to make that a thing because they see that that's kind of where we're headed. And Google, Apple and Samsung own the smartphone space and like web 2.0. And I think now there's going to be this fight for web 3.0. I feel like that's going to be a really big thing that we see this year as well, which I, that, I know that that was like a, that was a giant tangent, but yeah, I don't know. I think thinking about how companies create ecosystems is so interesting. Like for you, you're kind of in a weird spot because you are Nest, like you have a lot of the Google stuff, but your main phone's an iPhone, right? Yeah, like my most of my devices are iOS compatible or there are iOS devices, but then my main smart home is run by Google just because I don't like Siri. I think Siri is trash at 90% of the things that she tries to do. And just generally, like if I ask Google a question, Google can actually give me an answer, whereas like Alexa or Siri just don't provide the same level of intelligence just because they don't have access to the same kind of resources that Google does. So in terms of like ecosystems, that's why I want to see Google do, make build out their ecosystem even better because I want to be able to control these things with my voice from my Google account. And honestly, if they're able to build up an ecosystem that was rivaling Apple's, I would honestly consider a switch because I genuinely would feel as if Google's ecosystem is better um, to, feel, to be in for me at least because I'm just so already a part of it in terms of like their smart home. How would you do that with iMessage and things like that? I feel like that's like always the sticking point. That's that's the that's the thing. That's the sticking point. It's like I'd want to have at least one iOS device for iMessage and FaceTime, and that's it. And and even then, like even then, I'm like, you know, what? that's even maybe a little bit too far. Like I'd still want my iPhone. So that's why, like, it's it's really really iffy going back and forth with all that. So <laughs> ecosystems are great until they end up trapping you in. But ecosystems are almost like family. And you know what? 
We have a family here at the Digital Dive and it's all of you, our listeners. And we want to say a huge thank you to every single one of you who have like helped us in this past year, given us feedback, you know, dropped us a rating. Speaking of, if we're going to quickly take a break. If you guys want to drop a rating right now on Apple Podcasts, it would be honestly fantastic. It helps us, you know, grow the audience and it just makes it so much better for us in terms of reaching a larger audience and in terms of reaching a larger subset of people than we can have like these larger form discussions with. So if you guys want to help us out in that respect, go drop us a rating while we grab a quick cold brew and for me a nice warm shot of espresso because it is getting cold outside. And no, we will be right back. Welcome back from the break, everyone. We're about to talk about the OnePlus 10 first look at it. But before we do that, I just want to briefly say this is obviously the first episode of 2022. We're so excited about this year. 2021 was like an insane year for us with the podcast. You guys were incredible. And we also want to thank you so much for all the feedback on Unfiltered, the episode that we posted last week. We're incredibly excited about it. So I just wanted to say that before we hop into another tech topic, because you guys really made this last year amazing. And we're just really looking forward to this year as well. It's going to be a really, really good one, guys. But let's talk OnePlus 10 Pro because this is announced. I had no idea. And I kid you not, this green color has my entire heart. Like, I actually love the design this year. Yeah, dude, OnePlus 10. I don't know. Super exciting. And I also, the marketing strategy on this is just weird. Like, the fact that they just sent this to, like, some reviewers and then they were, were posted on Twitter is so different than any other company. But I agree, like, the navy green looks so good. And I love the marketing. It looks like it's on, like, some type of planet, maybe the moon. Yo, literally, it looks like it's in a crater on the moon. Yeah, which probably is going to play into the zoom. Like, they're probably going to hype up the camera again and then leave us all incredibly disappointed. Jesus. That was, <laughs> right, that every was a time. turn. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I, I agree. But, like, honestly, I just like the design. Like, the design, it's like, so... It's a thin, it's a very thin phone this year with a small camera bump at the top with four, it looks like four sensors there. I think it's three cameras and one flash. But what I really like about it is the back. So the back is in this matte. I would assume it's a glass finish because they probably want to keep wireless charging. But it's like this, it's this matte black that looks like a sandstone finish from like the first couple of generations of the OnePlus phones, which I really like that finish because it felt premium even though I knew it was plastic. Yeah, yes. But anyway... In terms of like overall design though, like I just think it looks so sleek. Like it's not a very punchy, it doesn't stand out as much in terms of every phone that we've seen this like in the past year or so. But in terms of just general, like it just looks so sleek and minimal and proper. And I, OnePlus, I actually really have high hopes for this. So I really hope you didn't screw this up. Yeah. I'll be pretty honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've done like, a, their phones are really good. Obviously the camera, <laughs> which I was just knocking, like it, it's not a terrible camera. It's just that they were like, Hasselblad's amazing. And this is going to revolutionize the space. And like they marketed it with moon food and all this stuff. And then it was just like, fine. Like there was nothing incredible about it. But one thing that they do really well is incredible builds and great software. And so I'm hopeful that that will be the same here. Supposedly, it has the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, UFS 3.1 storage, 120 hertz LTPO display, 48 megapixel, 50 megapixel, and 8 megapixel camera, and then the 5,000 million power battery, which is 80 watt wire charging and 50 watt wireless, which is kind of crazy. I feel like out of nowhere, the charging speeds for devices have gone up like so much, like just exponentially. Oh, it's crazy. It's actually absurd now. Like you can, you are literally able to, I don't want to, See, I don't want to overhype it, but like in just a general sense, they've made it so that you can pretty much charge your phone up in like 20 minutes. And like, it's, it's normal. It's not like it's, it's not like an, it's not an insane feature anymore. It's, it's now like, I'm just expecting it. Like I expect my phone to have fast charge because 
like everything else does. And I can't go back, especially with my iPhone because I've just gotten so used to it now. Yeah, I mean, that like it's kind of wild. I, I, I would say maybe 20 minutes is a little bit high because after a certain amount of time, what actually happens is it doesn't always charge with that same speed. That's like peak charging, but it's still really fast. Like you can get, I think, 50% battery in, in what is it, like 10 minutes? Five minutes, maybe? It depends on the phone, I guess, but... Yeah, it's it's, it's very much basically... It, yeah, it's like 50% in a certain amount of time, and then you're, you're chilling. But I think I still... Think, I, think I mean, it's pretty amazing. That is amazing. It's something that you wouldn't have expected years ago. Like, I don't know, at least for me, I would never think that charging was my biggest issue with a phone. But now it's like something I just expect, like it has to be fast charged. Totally. And, and the iPhone is so far behind. Like, in comparison to the... Like, all Android phones, the iPhone is like much slower charge. But I think that one of the reasons why the Android phones tend to have a little bit faster charging is that they tend to, and this is a generalization, have worse standby than the iPhone. So their batteries often decrease a little bit faster. Like iPhone has really solid standby. But, and the other thing that you have to kind of consider with charging speeds is the battery degradation. Like the faster you charge your phone, like the more heated the phone gets, the worse the battery will be over time. And so that's one of the things that is worth noting with fast charging. Like it could decrease the longevity of the phone. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like that's something that a lot of people think about. Like I don't think about that necessarily, right? But I don't know. I, I think it's definitely fast charge has become something, one of those things that I'm just very, very happy to have. And like it may not be the quickest on the iPhone, but you know what? I genuinely enjoy it because I can, again, that standby, standby time is incredible. Agreed. Yeah. And so what what else are we really exciting for? I mean, the, I think that one of the things that's really exciting is a brand new Snapdragon chip. Yeah. I think another thing that's really exciting is going to be the fast storage. 120 hertz is like pretty standard. Rumors are saying it's a 6.7 inch display. We don't know for sure yet. The thing that I think is going to also be important to pay attention to is software, because this is like the first time that we're getting a phone after their merger. And so it'll be interesting to see if the software experience is significantly worse or if it's exactly the same as before, because I think that's that's one of the major selling points of OnePlus phones. No, absolutely. And then on top of all that, yo, like a 5,000 milliamp hour battery is pretty solid. Like that's a that's a pretty big chunk of battery right there. So I think that we can, we're definitely going to see a lot of really cool stuff from the OnePlus. It comes in two colors, by the way. The green that we were talking about is called Emerald Forest and the black is called Volcanic Ash. Interesting. Okay. I think the green is the best one, to be honest. Like I wouldn't even consider anything else. No, honestly, yeah, I wouldn't consider anything else. I like the green too much. And the black, I feel like, is a little too minimal, like a too minimal. But the green, like, it stands out. But maybe that's also just me because I also went and bought the, like, the, what is it, Sierra Blue iPhone this year. I don't like buying colors that are too bland. I want something that's going to stand out and be different from what everyone else just gener generically gets for their phones. Like, I feel like it's a, it's almost a fashion statement. But speaking of phones that come in the color black, want to talk about the Samsung Galaxy S21 FE? Yes. Okay. So for anyone that doesn't, obviously you guys wouldn't know this. We had to significantly edit this because I just forgot that we were not talking about this already. And I started talking about this like five minutes ago. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm out of it today. Sorry. But yeah, let's just, let's talk about it right now. What I said, which we edited out is basically that it's a brand new phone from Samsung S21 FE. FE stands for fan edition. And this is the second time that Samsung's doing it. And it's kind of a weird thing because 21 is obviously because the phone was released in 2021, but this is coming out in 2022. We're probably a month out from the next Samsung phone. The pricing of it is pretty similar. Like now the regular S21 has reduced in price. And so the FE, which is arguably a worse phone because of the worst build quality is now almost the same price. And so it's like, what is Samsung trying to do here? What market are they trying to reach? And then also Let's just do a quick rundown of the phone because there are some actually pretty big differences between the 21 and the FC, uh, the FE, starting with build. That's like the big difference, plastic versus like 
the S21 was also plastic, but the camera was metal. And this year, now it's plastic. Yeah, like I'll be pretty honest with you. The fan edition, I guess I understand the purpose of it. But at the same time, it's also like, it's very much like, it feels like a mid-tier phone, but it's going for, at least in Canada, almost $1,000. And I'm like, ah, it's not necessarily mid-tier anymore. In terms of build quality, yeah, like the plastic is pretty evident from all the pictures. Like I haven't held it, I haven't seen it. But from the pictures that I have seen, it is looking a bit plasticky. But we can expect a 6.4-inch display with 1080p. I believe it's a 1080p display. So it is not going to be 4K, So, but it's going to have 120 hertz refresh rate. So you can still get like the good feature of the screen without the best screen on the market. It comes in four colors. It comes in olive, lavender, graphite, and white. Graphite is their black, I guess. It's not really black, black. It's more like a gray. So I guess graphite kind of makes sense there. Jacqueline, what are you expecting though from the cameras? Because the S21 cameras were fantastic. So what are your what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think they're going to be good. But I, Samsung always has pretty good color, pretty good options with like lenses and things like that. And obviously they're the reports have been pretty good. Funny story, guys, but also not that funny. I was supposed to have a briefing for this phone and the email that Samsung sent me for it went to spam and I just never saw it, which just sucks. I have no idea why that happened. So I actually don't have the phone. So I'm just speaking from talking to other colleagues and watching the articles or reading articles and watching videos. It seems like generally it's pretty good, but when you compare it to the Pixel 6, which is in a similar price bracket, it's uh, outclassed. And so it's, it's just in this weird position, right? Because S21 Ultra makes a lot of sense. It's like one of the best all-around phones. It's much more expensive. The regular S21 is also pretty good, but not as much of a steal anymore because it's like almost a year old and the Pixel's out. And then this phone is like even less of a good deal because it is arguably worse in some ways. But I did read, uh, I was like going through the comments of some videos and some people were excited about the build actually being a little worse because it means that it will probably theoretically be harder to break. And then the fingerprint sensor is also supposedly different. And so that would be better. But I think the camera will generally be pretty similar. Okay. I think that's, I think that's actually a pretty apt way to look at it. Like, I feel like they're probably, yeah, they're probably just going to take the camera module from the S21 and just put it here. Like that's the most, that's the only thing that kind of just makes the most sense. Yeah, and I mean, S22 is coming out really soon. Yeah, that would be like, what, February probably? Probably. I mean, if, if we go by past years, then I think it's like February, March, right? So yeah. that obviously will be more expensive out of the gate. The S21's price obviously started out much more expensive and then kind of fell in price over the year, as most phones do. So this will be much cheaper than the S22. But when we think about Samsung's broader lineup, it just kind of falls into the mix of like irrelevance almost. Like if you yeah. want a really good phone, you're going to get the Ultra. If you want like a decent price when you're probably going to get the S21. And then they also have the A lineup. It just feels like it's in a weird spot because of the way that they price. If they did like 549, I think it would sell incredibly well. Oh, absolutely. I think actually though, one of the features that I am excited for with this phone is going to be the wireless power share. Just because I feel like that that one feature is something that I would love in the iPhone. I would love that in most phones. I think that having a power share feature where you can like wirelessly charge a device from your device would be quite beneficial for most people. If I'm not, if I'm not just talking out of my butt. Yeah. I think that that is a feature that is really underappreciated. Yeah. It, it's very good for like the, the, like when you're on the road, you're on the go, like you have a good battery in your phone. Like you'd want to be able to use it as a portable charger. And why wouldn't you, especially with phones that have like USB-C charging, that's literally perfectly made for it. Like you could reverse charge, you should be able to reverse charge and you should be able to wireless power, uh, power share. But uh, maybe that's a tall order from me. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I think that that a lot of phones have it now because it is a feature that does add value. It kind of helps you in like this scenario where your headphones are really low on battery and you just want to get a quick charge. And I think that we'll see that continue on most phones. But yeah, it would be nice if the iPhone had it. Maybe next generation. I could see mm -hmm. 
I could see that happening next generation. Absolutely. And and for a comparison's sake here, I do want to bring up, so we have a 4,500 milliamp hour battery here. And I want to compare this to the OnePlus 10 Pro just because this is like absurd when you think about it. So it's a 4,500 milliamp hour battery, right? Versus OnePlus 10 Pro's 5,000 milliamp. Now 25 watt wired charging and 15 watt wireless versus the 50, 50 watt wired charging on the OnePlus 10 Pro and the 50 watt wireless, 80 watt wired charging and 50 watt wireless charging on the OnePlus 10 Pro. Like that is absurd. Yeah, it's a pretty stark difference. Pretty stark difference. And like, th- th- that's what I mean. Like when they said 50 and 80 watt, like that is like, now you put it in perspective too. It's, it's, it's a big difference. Yeah, it's honestly, I want, do you know what, do you remember what the OnePlus 9 was last year? I think it was like 30 watt. Honestly, I'm unsure. I have no idea. Okay, yeah, this feels like a pretty big difference to me. From past years, I think it will probably be featured at the market a lot. We'll see if it actually makes a difference. But I'm excited in general just about tech season. Like the, the last month or so, or the last couple of weeks, there hasn't been that many major releases, which has been kind of a good opportunity for me on the channel and us on the podcast to talk about more of like these bigger hypothetical tech topics, like the bigger stories. But it's also going to be really exciting to get like standard reviews back. Like Mark has made a video on the S21 FE and I was like, yes, like this just felt like an OG MKBHD video. It was just fun to watch. And so I'm excited about this phone. I'm really excited about the S22. Like honestly, it just makes me even more excited to see what Samsung's going to do with their flagship line. No, absolutely. I'm very excited to see what we have coming this year and especially seeing how they've done like this, like the FE version. Like I feel like they do it in such a way that it's, it's a good alternative but it's not like the one that you're going to want it's, it's more like a if you can't wait here you go but wait maybe like a couple of months like two months or so and we'll get you something cooler um it's kind of just like something to hold you over if you're impatient that's how i look at this phone almost yeah and i think it's also like let's use up our supply of leftover materials and mm-hmm. let's let's create an option for people that need a cheaper phone exactly and a phone to put in carrier stores and stuff but definitely something I like this week just because it's a new phone release, which brings us into the section of the podcast, Stuff We Like This Week, which is the part of the podcast where Darsh and I talk about things that we like this week. Pretty straightforward. So my first one for this week is going to be a artist that I actually just discovered. I think that she's pretty big, so I've, I guess I've been living under a rock. Her name is Gracie Abrams, and I saw her like a live performance from her, and I've been listening th- through like all of her music, and she's pretty good. She has like, really awesome songwriting. That's dope. Damn, I'm definitely gonna have to check her out. Yeah. My first one for this week is actually a TV show. It's called Punisher. It is a mature rated show just because of all the gore that it is. Quite, it is a quite gory show. I, I feel like I'm constantly coming on here with gory show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is with that? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, the Punisher. It's a pretty cool show. It's it's a Marvel show. It's a, it's like based off of the Daredevil storyline on Netflix when Netflix was Netflix did a limited run of TV shows with Marvel before Disney came out with Disney Plus. And Punisher is one of those shows. I really like it. I think it was really well made. It's great story. It's good action. And like, I personally am a fan of the gore. I think it's, it makes it more interesting. makes it more real like. So I like it. I think it's good. I honestly have been binging it. I've finished most of season one and two in a couple of days. So I can highly recommend it. So definitely go check it out. That's a great one. Is, is it on um, Netflix? Did you say? Yeah, it's a Netflix exclusive. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Netflix has been really getting into like creating a lot of exclusive shows lately. It's it's really really cool because it it comes out with it makes it so that there's so much more content and I love it. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I also think like their quality of content. Like some of the shows suck, but a lot of them have like I think baseline all of them have excellent cinematography. Yeah. Which is like really just as a filmmaker, it's fun to watch. No, absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing I feel because when it comes to Netflix, like that's what the one thing they stand out with for me, like the most, like that's the, that's the big one. 
is just the cinematography. Totally. Yeah. And also like editing and like the lighting, everything about those shows is like so fun. Like there was a show a while back called 13 Reasons Why they produced. Yeah. And they did this really cool thing where like the present shots were like color graded in a blue tone. And then the um, other shots were color graded in like a warm yellow tone. And it was so subtle and it just like was seamless and it added to the story. It was like an element that told the story better. So yeah, I feel like they focus a lot on that. Even if like the plot of the show isn't good. Like some of their shows I don't think are that excellently written but i feel like they always have really interesting set design choices and cinematography and stuff like that no absolutely absolutely and uh in the realm of stuff this week jack and what uh what, what else do you have i want some more suggestions oh i just okay i can't remember if you told me to watch this or if someone else did but i just started watching succession i've never heard of it no so i don't think so okay yeah i couldn't remember it's a really good show actually it's kind of um like stressful so the plot of it just briefly is this guy is a father and he's like 80 and he owns this like massive media company like think like a cnn or a fox and he Mm -hmm. has four kids and so the show like follows like them all like the family dynamics and them all trying to like succeed him like for the power like when he dies um Mm -hmm. of the company and so it follows like that and it's like this it's based in new york city so like the set looks really cool it's definitely not a happy show like if i'm trying to like be in a good mood i don't watch it because it's kind of stressful but the storytelling is so good and the show's praised a lot for like excellent character development of like them building out the lives around the characters so i just started watching it i'm only like six episodes in but it's really solid so far damn okay i think i'll definitely have to check that out yeah dude you should be my next show did you see don't look up no what's that Okay, so it's a Netflix original movie. They came out with it right before New Year's. And it's like the best way to describe it is imagine Gen Z reacting to the world apocalypse, like 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 reacting and trying to deal with the end of the world. And that not only just being like like how the world would react, but also how like our government leaders would react if they were like pretty much Gen Interesting. Z. Interesting. Like, so like the president of the United States is Meryl Streep. The head of staff is Jonah Hill. And then and it's like a stacked movie. The main wow. two characters that follows is Leo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. Wait, that's so cool. It's such a stack cast. Like everyone, I think Kid Cudi's in it, Ariana Grande's in it. Like it's a really, really good movie and it's really funny. And it's just kind of sat, it's a satire. Like how would we, how would we, how we would react? And it was just, I don't know. I thought it was really well done. It's like been, everyone's been loving it. It's like trending on Netflix right now. So if you haven't seen it, I'd actually highly recommend it. It go into it thinking about like our lives right now, like reflect it, like reflect about it. And look at it from that kind of lens and it's just it's so interesting i thought it was such a good movie i highly recommend it that is so cool yeah i'm definitely gonna check that out that's like a stack cast too i feel like any movie like if you have that level of people in it it's just gonna be like baseline really good oh yeah absolutely it's it's incredible i'm just i'm i i I can't talk it up enough you know (laughs) okay i'm gonna check it out yeah i'm definitely gonna watch it then that is so cool all right that's a great one my last one for this week i i can't give it the full recommendation yet because i'm not done with it but i just started watching la la land which is a movie i'm only like 30 minutes in but it's really well done so i am i'm excited about it i'll be pretty honest actually i've never watched la la land but i've gotten a lot of shit for not watching it yeah i never watched it either there's a youtuber called i think it's dylan is in trouble i've been binging his videos too so i guess it's kind of a wreck and he just did like a He's like a reaction channel. And so he did a reaction to it and I started watching the reaction. I was like, oh shoot, I should stop watching this and actually watch the movie first. So that's why, but it's been out for like years now. So I'm surprised yeah. I hadn't seen it yet. It's like a classic, like everyone loves it. I will I only yes. hear great things about it. So it's actually very interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. I think my last one for this week is going to be actually a piece of tech that I got over Christmas break um, that I'm just very excited about. I got the Belkin MagSafe dock. Um, so it has like a MagSafe charger built in for your phone. 
It has a wireless charger for your AirPod Pros or your AirPods that have wireless charging. And then it has a little dock for your Apple Watch. And it's Apple certified. It came out when the iPhone 12 came out. Um, it was meant for this. Like it was meant as a MagSafe dock. It was Apple's flagship one technically because they couldn't do, what is it? AirPad power or whatever it was. Yes. So I got it and I love it. It is so good. And it's like not even like you have to use your own wires or anything. It's literally coming with a full brick and it charges everything fast charge. And it is, I got it in black. It looks so sleek. Just so nice. That's awesome. Wait, I'm actually, maybe we should link that in the show notes so people can check it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That, I mean, that. Um, I, it's kind of sad that that never came to fruition for Apple, but it's cool that another company like took the idea and, and made something happen. No, absolutely. I, I, I'm actually just very excited with it. I think it's just such a cool product and it has me very, very excited for what's to come. That's a great one. All right. Well, that's kind of where we're going to end it this week. I feel like this was a pretty solid episode for our first week back. Aside from <laughs> some faux pas on my part, I, for anyone that doesn't know, like, holding all nighter to get a video done so i'm feeling it but so stoked to be back so stoked about this community hopefully everyone had an awesome new year's and yeah we'll, we'll see you next week monday 7 a.m central 8 a.m eastern for another episode yes sir thank you guys so 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 much for listening i hope you guys enjoyed it and if you guys did again make sure to drop us a rating on apple Podcasts. make sure to hit that follow button on both every, and pretty much everywhere that you can listen to these podcasts we drop new episodes every monday at 7 a.m central 8 a.m. Eastern. Wow, it feels nice to say that again. Welcome to 2022, guys. We've got a ton of stuff planned. Excited to share it all with you, and we'll catch you in the next one. So quickly before we go, I want to give a huge thank you to Adil Constantine uh, for our intro and outro music because he has absolutely killed it, and he deserves all the recognition we can give him. Again, with that all being said, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. All right, bye. Bye.